I live to listen to you. I really do. I, I drive about 35 minutes to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays during the school year. That's my go-to every afternoon. I don't watch the news, so if y'all don't talk about it, I don't know what's going on. I think that you will enjoy this episode. Make sure that you hang around at the very end to hear the audio from Friday night. Brooks and Dunn in concert downtown Nashville. They haul up out of the audience one of your favorite female country artists who has been in the Cubs to perform one song, but she comes back to sing a second song. I'll add the new Beyonce to the Spotify Hype Song playlist, who is the producer and songwriter for Break My Soul. You'll recognize the name from episode 257, May 26, 2022. Read the horizon, hubbies. And a cliffhanger last episode. Who won the first week in sales for Paul McCartney versus Taylor Swift? All right, look, you know the answer to that, but how bad did he get beat? You'll find out in the first six minutes of this episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you are already talking about with your family and your friends. Many people like Podpeep Angie, top of the episode, you just heard her, use the podcast as their information source. That's why we try to hit on everything from pop culture, current events, music, plus endearing and revealing Stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. My name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. I used to be one of those people who was always like, you're either 10 minutes early or you're, what is it? You're either 10 minutes early or you're late. What is it? You're either early or you're late. I forgot. But anyways, I was always on that train um, because I always wanted to be early. But lately, I'm late everywhere. And I think part of it is, you know how you've lived somewhere for a long time and someone says, um, okay, I'll meet you over at, just say like it's, it's a place like kind of near your house or whatever. And they're like, I'll meet you for lunch. And you're like, okay, yeah. And three so, minutes. Yeah, I, three you minutes. can be there in three minutes or whatever. And then there's like construction going on around you. And then, and then the other day I was thinking, I'm like, it is basically from our house to like 425 minutes. Would you say? Oh, no, no, no. You should be able to do it in 15. Seriously? Well, depending on the time of day, but yeah. Well, I think I've just like, I've got to like downscale my, uh, my ambition. And then the other thing is like when it's something like, and this happens to me with work because it's really close. I think that I have all this extra time. So I'll start a project that I know full well, I cannot finish, but I'll start it. And then I'm like, dang it. And I get so OCD that I want to do it before I leave. So I don't know. I'm just always like, so I'm really trying to work on this because I think being late is very rude. Do you? I do. I do. I think that, um, disrespect for someone else's time is one of the biggest forms of disrespect you can have. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the most I'm on uh, time person in the world by any means. And I try, I try to, I try to, it doesn't always happen that way, but I hate it when people are disrespectful of my time. Or like when they say, I'm sorry, I'm just so busy. And you're like, well, I am too. Okay. Here's an example. Father's okay. day dinner, the server, the waiter, I thought it was great on you know first trip, first pass. Our drinks, apps come out almost. I mean, I was impressed actually. Yeah, you're you're like excited. Then he disappears twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, he's gone. He's dark. I see him in the corner, standing in front of the register with his back to the restaurant for twenty minutes. I get up, go to the bar, and I say, "Listen, what did you say? Because we didn't hear you. What'd you say to him?" I said, uh, "I mean, well, it's Father's Day. I, I should have gone and pulled a Karen." I said, "Where's uh, where's where's my buddy, our, our server? Well, he just got seated at that twenty-two top. He's really behind." Okay, well, I hate that for him, but that's not my fault. That's not that's not my problem. Maybe you should have. I don't know what they do in the restaurant business. You should have well, give that the, table just, to just one the person. Schematic a little better than you did. That, yeah. that doesn't that should not affect my dinner. Well, and then they come over and like he kind of did. Like they're they kind of have an attitude. Like it's like they come over and they're like, okay, are you ready to order? Now you're on their time. now. Yeah, now you're on their time. Uh, that's a whole nother issue which we won't go into. But everyone who is listening to this podcast, and even if you're a server, you're probably tired of this. Like you're so tired of hearing like. We just don't have anybody working. We just and I get it because listen, I I re, I work in a place that relies on um, people showing up and everything, and it's very frustrating to me. But at the end of the day, guess where the buck stops, with the owner or the manager. So if that's coming out of your mouth, like I'm a you know like you're a project, you don't have to say that anymore. Like the pandemic is over. Well, there's still a problem with with places being staffed though. I get and people it. People wanting to work. 
But you got to figure something out then. Like maybe you don't take as many, like you said, as many reservations or something because it's been, and lately I'm getting the worst service everywhere, everywhere. And someone was telling me the other day that they waited in line at like a, at a Zaxby's in the drive-thru for 45 oh. minutes and that they got up to the window and the same thing, the guy was like, because the person that pulled up was like, um, everything okay in there? You alive? And he was like, well, sorry, it took so long. We just don't have any workers here working. And they were like, again, then close the drive-thru, shut down, or do something. Now, I have seen some places that have been, like, have a sign on the door that says, Bojangles, Bojangles. We cannot, but what? Bojangles doesn't start separate anymore. The one in Woodstock on, uh, oh, my, which one? Uh, the, the, it's a Woodstock location. Yeah, they, they close at, like, 3 o'clock now. What about people who just, like, don't have their dining rooms open anymore? Still have an open I had run up. into that. I don't, not, not, I, didn't, I don't think I have. I have a couple of times. Yeah. Like, what's that got to do with anything? Everybody get to work. Well, what's everybody doing? Because gas is outrageous. We were talking about this last night. Food is outrageous. So if you're not working, and, and the checks have stopped. So if you're not working. How are you living? How are you living? And I'm telling you, that is the question every single person is asking. And then the other one, have you ever had that one? I think I've talked about this before, but I saw this the other day, where I kind of drove through the party city because I was going to the Honey Baked Ham to get me a little Honey Baked Ham sandwich. Oh. And there was this guy sitting on the curb, God bless him, who had a sign and all of his stuff. And I'm not a judger, because but for the grace of God, you know. But it says, I desperately need, you know, help. I've got, I'm here. My kids are back at wherever, you know, at the shelter or whatever. Can you, you know, provide some money? And I look over, and what do you think is going on at the Party City? They're getting a job application out for them? Well, there's a help. There's like a huge yeah. banner oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that says you can yeah. start today. Get paid Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, hmm. But Manny would rather sit on a curb with a, with a, with a poster. And collect collect money. Do you think that's a form of working? Panhandling? Uh-huh. I, I do not know. No, not not at all. Why no. It's not like a sales job or anything. I guess they probably consider it that, but uh-huh. no, I certainly don't know. Get yeah. to work. Get to work. Everybody get to work. Yeah, do something. Lift Everybody something. Get to work. Right? Um, let's talk about Taylor Swift v. Paul McCartney. This is something that we promised last episode. We were having the conversation about Taylor Swift and Paul McCartney going back and forth via email in the fall of 2020 to make sure that their street weeks for their albums did not collide. In other words, that they did not release albums on the same day, which when that happens, nobody wins, which, uh, Carrie missed. What do you mean? Carrie missed. She did not even crack the top 10. Really? She has never not cracked the top 10. Okay. Well, here's my question. What's the single? Can you say it right now? There's what do you mean? Like, what, what single is she pushing? Well, that's just it. That's part of the problem. Yeah. When you have a, a, a healthy single at radio and you drop an album, you're going to have a much better week. And an example of that would be May, week three of this May, past May, Jason Aldean dropped Macon, the second part of the yeah. Macon, Georgia. Was it Georgia he dropped? I guess it was yeah. Georgia. Georgia. Anyway, he and Carrie Underwood, ironically enough, were, were celebrating the success of the number one hit. If I Didn't yes, Love You. which was a huge multi-week number one. That helped to fuel, propel spur Jason Aldean to get more copies and units sold, moved and downloaded and streamed and all that. Carrie had Ghost Story, which is never did anything at radio. That's the well, only song they've offered from the from the project. And what's interesting is in the same, I don't know if it's the same week, but so Tyler Hubbard's doing his um, solo project. Right. And Five Foot Nine is everywhere. It's all over TikTok and, um, you know, all these women have posted, you know, they're five, five foot five and it's kind of cute the way they've all done it. So it's gotten some of that, what we've talked about that TikTok traction, but also he's been on the road visiting radio and everything. And I mean, if you think about it, when you look at those two projects, there's this obvious winner should be, yeah, yeah. and Carrie, and then there's the underdog because he's never had a solo album and nobody really knew what was going to happen. And, He's gotten so much more traction than she has. And I thought it was interesting because you were saying to me, like, you know, she does Street Week so well, which I, I think... Well, no, 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 hang on. I, she did this Street Week so well. I don't know that she's ever done a Street Week well until this project. That she had to kind of get get going and hustle. And she did. She did. Yeah. She hustled and bustled. She did both. I was impressed. I was absolutely blown away by her, I don't know if it's willingness, but I mean, she here, here's an, she did Cleveland.com. Okay? Oh, wow. She gave some time to Cleveland.freaking.com. All right, nothing against Cleveland. If you're going to work, do in, us? She, she probably would at this point. I was shocked at the end result of a very strategic and heavy street week, if not ten plus days, when Denim and Rhinestones dropped, and the end result, which is 
fan at But best. is it more, but it's kind of what we talk about all the time. Is it more a functionality of what is going on with just people don't download, like how that all impacts the charts. Because like, if I put that, if I listen to a playlist, like new, new boots or something on Spotify, and that song is in, you know, in that playlist, is she getting, yes. Okay. So that counts as like a street week. Yeah. Okay. For the stream. But do you know anybody that downloads an album anymore? I downloaded the Harry Styles because I love him. Okay, well, Harry's kicking ass right now. Yeah, I love him. The, the, the problem with Carrie also is at this point, because Drake dropped that yep. surprise album, he's going to own the chart for at least three weeks. So she, Carrie's not even going to be able to come up for air. It's a dead project. Yeah. It's done. And the Care Bears are coming at Universal Music Group. Why? Because they're, they're claiming that, that they, they're the ones that flubbed it. You know, the Arista, which is her former label, would have done it so much better and that they... Uh, they, they, yeah. Are you serious? Care, no, the, care the Care Bears are that are, involved. I told you. Yeah, they're violent people. <laughs> you know, you joked with me that you didn't realize that was their name. Yeah, they, they're out there. Because again, I've been writing a lot about this in, in the letter. And, and so I've been doing my research and the end result, her end number, uh, thin, shocking. thin, shocking, shockingly thin. Taylor Swift, Paul McCartney, she was dropping Evermore. He was dropping McCartney 3. They were doing a Rolling Stone shoot. She hears Paul, you're having a conversation. Paul McCartney says to her, hey, I'm dropping an album. December 10th. Well, Taylor says, hmm, not out loud, but she says, hmm, that's when I'm dropping Evermore. No one knows it. Remember, that was also a surprise album, a surprise drop, just like the With other. With the little fairy trees and just stuff. Just the one prior to that, which was also a pandemic yes. product yes. That, that she dropped out of the blue. She sends him an email and says, listen, nobody knows this, but I'm dropping an album on the 10th. I think it's a, it was a birthday or the 11th, a birthday or something. She says, but I'm going to move, which was a very strong and kind showing of respect. Uh, Taylor goes to the 18th, which is a week later. Paul stakes claim on the 10th. They then move Paul McCartney back to the 18th. Taylor moves to the 10th. She moves twice now to accommodate Paul McCartney's drop. And we were curious. I was curious last episode because I hadn't done this research. Who dominated that cycle? We both agreed that it would be Taylor, Taylor Swift. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Evermore in its first week. So one million worldwide. Wow. It became the ninth studio album from Taylor Swift less than five months after her eighth album, Folklore, and both of those sold one million first week. Uh, Paul McCartney, week one for McCartney three, moved to 107,000. Then they're called equivalent album units. It used to be you went into Walmart, Anderson Merchandising had already placed every, remember these days, Don? Yeah. Anderson Merchandising, they were, they were rack jobbers, I think was the name. Oh, yeah. And they went into every Walmart and every uh, Circuit City and, and every record bar in America, and they put CDs in there. And you went in and you bought a physical CD, a physical compact disc, which is called in the industry a unit. That's one unit, one CD, one physical CD. Those days are gone, for the most part, with the exception of country. Country folks still go buy CDs. They do. Uh, Drake, with this new drop project that he did, the surprise project, I bet won't sell 100 physical CDs. Drake's people stream. Drake's people download. Taylor's people download and stream. Carrie Underwood's people, she had more units than she did streams and downloads week one, and that hurt her. But I thought it was interesting. 107, 107,000 to 1 million. Do you think artists <laughs> care? Like, are they still? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You didn't let you finish. Care like, what? Do they care about actual units? Well, but that factors into your overall sales numbers, so they have to. And I think as an artist, to be someone creative and slightly narcissistic, you would, you still probably do get a kick out of, you know, it used to be a big deal to go somewhere and see an entire on an wall. Yeah. yeah. Of, I mean, you talk about literally like you're saying the record bar days or the turtles or those days where, you know, these were record stores where it would be an entire wall of Michael Jackson or yeah, Prince yeah. or whatever well, was coming out. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw Britney Spears, first time I ever saw her name. And she was on it was the, her first album, and she was wearing the Catholic little girl, Catholic schoolgirl outfit. The yeah, skirt. The little pom poms in yep. her hair, and, and and it was an in camp like at Walmart. And I walked by and went, "Oh my my God, who is that?" I learned something yesterday. I was yesterday years old when I discovered this little piggy. Oh boy, didn't go to the market as in Whole Foods or Kroger. This little piggy, he went to the slaughterhouse. I found it on I saw it on Facebook. Okay. I, I scrolled back and I said, "What?" Wasn't it something someone posted? On Facebook, like I'm sure it was. That's where I saw it. Okay, so we're sitting at Father's Day dinner. Little, well, you know, this little piggy went to the yeah. market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had roast beef. This little piggy had none. And this little piggy cried wee 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 all the way home. Something that you've you've heard and 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 and, and recited. And 
your entire well, because freaking life. You would do it. Your, you would do it with your kids with their little fingers or their toes. Right. right. Like you'd count them off with the little toes right. and the fingers. This I mean, it's little a rite piggy, of passage. Yeah. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy. What? Yeah. So was it that you just never thought about never, it? Or? Never, never crossed my mind. I thought this little piggy went to CVS, went to Walgreens, to the market. I don't know. Went to uh, went to the farmers market and and, and also Alpharetta. I had no idea it meant that he went to the slaughterhouse to be murdered. And this little piggy went home because he wasn't fat enough yet. Yeah, they had to the get slaughterhouse they had didn't fat, Yeah, they had fat in him up. They sent him home and and, and, and fed him whatever they feed him to, to make slop. him fat. Yeah, whatever. slop. You know, and then he went back to the market and died shortly thereafter, I'm oh sure. Oh my God. So this is how our Father's Day dinner goes. You're you're obsessing over this little piggy, and you're mad in a way because I understood the assignment. Like you're like, you 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 knew that. And I'm like, yes. I've I've stopped strangers in the past twenty four hours and asked, Did you know, sir? <sighs> That when this little piggy went to the market, that many went to the slaughterhouse. It's a straw poll, but it's I need to know. So while that's simultaneously going on, there is um, Bronco riding on the yeah, Houston radio. Houston radio, radio on the Houston. TV, and Charlotte is beside herself, like the way that they're wrestling this. Can't eat her food, and then you, and I don't know why you did it. She's like, "Why is the horse bucking?" Instead of saying like. Like I said, oh, he wants the thing, you know, something's on his back. He wants it off. As a human, as a man. Yeah. Well, you go into like intimate detail about how there's this thing that goes under the horse. Under the belly. That's, you know. And it chafes him. Oh, my God. It pisses it's him poking off. And that's why, they're, that's why they're bucking. And then she's like, well, this is cruelty to animals if they put that thing on. I'm like, why? Why? Why would you not tell her the truth? I just didn't know that we need to go in that much detail. As she said, they're eating her hamburger. I mean, like. That's true. I just don't know. I don't know. As I told the kids, ask me anything. Be careful though. Okay, that let's can we break Be down that though. statement? You're going to you're going to hear the truth. Okay, can we break that statement down? Sure. I don't understand that. You say that all the time. I don't say it all the time. Okay, but if ask me anything, ask me any question in the world. But the answer shouldn't be. Be careful because I, I may shock you or you may not like what I hear or. Well, it's just like the whole. I mean, be careful if you really want to know why the why the horse or the bull's bronking. Ask me, but I'm not going to tell you it's because he's got a fly on his back. I'm not going to make something up. I'm going to tell you the truth. Okay, and I'm fine with that, but I think where the bedside manner gets a little off uh-huh. is when then you tell the and somebody's like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. So then you're like, well, I, t- I, I told I'll you. I said to you. It's the reaction. Because like then if somebody's upset or sad about it, you're almost like mad because they are because you're like, I told you I was going to tell you the truth. Like you have to have a little bedside manner when you deliver the news and then when someone's upset go i know i'm really sorry that that's the way it is but you know like you gotta kind of clean it up a little if you were a doctor would you be like how would you get people news just like what, what news is it well, i'll role play what news is it okay so come into my room i'm laying in my knock, knock oh hello what is that cover that up um so i just wanted to see if you got my test results back and if in yep, fact yep yep we did in fact my flipper flopper was inflamed yes, and needed was. to be Indeed. removed. and still is. Uh, it doesn't have to be removed, ma'am, but it, we need to get some uh, cortisone cream, some ice. Well, this is very sad for me, and, and I'm very upset, and I'm scared, mm-hmm. and I don't know Nothing how. Nothing to be scared about, ma'am. Okay, that is not. I see, I see inflamed flipper floppers every day, multiple times a day. Now, let's take maybe two days off. I think that would help a lot, ma'am. Let's, let's just not touch our flipper flopper for about two days, okay? I know that's, that's, that's a lot to ask. When was the last time you had a dream? Did you dream last night? I dream all the time. What did you dream about last night? I don't always remember. Strawberry Fields Forever or something? There's, there's, there's been a lot of study, a lot of research done through the years about dreams. Sleeping and dreams and sleep studies and dream studies and things like that. But there's this huge uh, dream research project that just dropped this uh, last week. And it's been determined that... Every single person listening to this podcast right now experiences three to six dreams every single night, and they last anywhere from five to 20 minutes. Now, mine are like a movie. Do you feel like yours are like a movie? Come in and out of them? No, but I mean like vivid color, very, very clear, but I don't usually remember them. I have a problem remembering them, but when I was, there was a drug I was on. Okay. Which one was it? Um, a legal one or? Legal. Oh. A prescription. And it, it made my dreams. Was it Ambien? Vivid. may have been. may have been Ambien. Yeah, because they say Ambien I gives mean, you really crazy dreams. Col- the colors were like you were tripping. 
there was one, I can't remember what, there was something you were taking and it was prescription, but, um, and you would have those like night tremors, remember? Yes. And I, I would have to say, Hella, and see, that was my nice bedside manner. I didn't just like hit you with like a fiddlestick or a pillow. I would be like, hot, it's okay. Wake up. Yeah, you're okay. Dreams can be bizarre, romantic, whimsical, sexual. In many cases, just plain scary. Now, the scary ones, of course, are known as nightmares. Did you know that the side that you sleep on determines, according to this new dream study, determines what you will dream about, how long, and whether or not you will remember it? How, how, do you, how are you most comfortable when you sleep? What side? Uh, and there are four, four choices here. Left, right, stomach, back. Okay, so like, how do I sleep or how am I most comfortable? How do I sleep most nights? Give me both of them. Okay, I like to sleep on my back because my boobs are big. Uh And so, yes, when I sleep on my stomach, it's like not comfortable. And I usually sleep on my right side, but I fell and I'm experiencing some pain, as you know, on my right side. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly flopping around now like a... Like your your inflamed flipper flopper. Yeah, like a fish, because I have to try to get comfortable. But that's where I'm going with it. So what's that mean? What Fine, do do? Final answer. Right side. People who sleep on their right side have dreams about safety and relief. Sleeping on your left side connected to intense emotions and insecurity. If you sleep on your stomach, bound chicken, bound cow. You have more erotic type dreams if you sleep on your stomach. Do you think that has to do because you're you're, you're tallywhacker? You're laying on your tallywhacker? Putting pressure on your tallywhacker and you're a flame flipper flopper? Well, I don't have a tallywhacker. You so. don't. You don't. But but I'm just I'm, I'm speaking from, from a man's perspective. Maybe. Man's perspective. That. Which side? Where? How do you sleep? I would rather sleep on my right side. Right side. Okay. I do not like to sleep on my back. However, I've found out, I found, I've learned that I'm most likely to go to sleep the fastest when I'm on my back for some reason. I don't know Yeah, why. I always kind of end up on my back. And I give you grief because I say that you get as far away in the bed as you right. can. And that's not a personal thing. And as you much say. As you want to think that it is. It's not. What it is. I didn't say it was a personal thing. What, what it is is the heat, the, not the heat, the, the air conditioning register is, is on my side of the bed. And I, I, would, I would sleep on top of it if I could. And it's so hot. Our room is the hottest room in the house. Yeah. Well, they're all hot right now, but yeah. Do you ever wake up like, I'm like, and I think you are too. Like sometimes I, I go to bed in certain things and then I like, I'm completely naked. Like I just cannot, I'm so hot. I can't, I just cannot sleep when it's hot. I hate when it's hot. And you're always chasing that one piece of the sheet. That's like super cool. cool. Now I will tell you one the other night, you, you and I got into a full on tug of war. What? Because I don't know if you remember this. You have your pillow that you have to sleep on, no it's matter a, it's what. It's a stiff pillow. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a pillow because I don't like a really high pillow. I love a high it pillow. it makes my neck hurt. So I have to have kind of a flat, cool pillow. So I had that. And then there's this one pillow that we both kind of like, that we sort of like, you know, lean on or whatever. And I swear I woke up and you were pulling that pillow so hard. It was like we were in a tug of war. And I was pulling it back and you were pulling it and I was pulling it back. And at one point, I don't think you were awake, but you were like, Rrr! Like you growled at me like a, uh, wow. like a bear. And, I, and you know what I said? I was like, you know what? You can just have the damn pillow. Okay. And I think you were asleep. I don't think. Uh, you, sure, of course I was. I don't think you knew what you were doing. I'm but not going to growl at you if I'm awake. I was just like, what is going on? The most common nightmare is of you falling. I would believe that. But you do what before you hit the ground? You wake always up. wake up. Do you though? You always wake up. Yeah. And even if it's kind of weird, like even in my dreams, if someone's chasing me or I'm run, I could be running from yeah, someone, that's but a I, close second, but I don't know. I don't ever see the person I'm running from. But also the other thing is like the person so far in my dreams, I should knock, hasn't caught me. Like I've never had one where like they caught well, you never me. will. It's kind of like when you, when you fall, you're never going to hit the ground. How do you know that? Because it's just, I'm reading the survey. Oh, okay. So, uh, close second was being chased. Then death, you dream about nightmares about death. You dying, and then feeling lost, coming in at fifth and sixth places, feeling trapped, being attacked, and rounding out the top ten nightmares, missing an important event, waking up late. I have a lot of that, waking up late. What do you mean? Like you're dreaming that you're going to wake up late? Yeah, and you're going to miss something. Like maybe That would fall into number eight there. Missing an important event, waking up late. Maybe you wake up late and you miss an important event. Maybe those two work in tandem together. Who knows? Uh, experiencing the passing of a loved one. And number ten, sustaining injury. Well, I know one thing that has helped me 
is they say, and it, this really does help, you should keep a little, and I do it now, which is probably not the right way. Actually, I'm sitting here thinking, like I put it in my notes in my phone, but they say you're supposed to keep a pad, like a notepad by your bed. Because have, there, have you ever had things like that you have, you absolutely have to get done the next day? Mm-hmm. And so as you lay down, you're almost like, they're just running through, racing you're, through your mind. But you're OCDing them through. You're like, I have got to make sure that by 10 o'clock. you're going to forget. Yeah. I've, by 10 o'clock, I've got to have this project done. By 12 o'clock, I've got to have this project done. And so they say you should just get a pad and just write out everything yeah. that's kind of in your, because you're basically what you're doing is you're doing a mind dump before you go to bed. Alan Jackson has shared this story with me before. Really? Where were you when the world stopped turning? One of the most prolific, beautifully written songs in the history of music, right? After 9-11. Absolutely. The opening verse, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning, it came to him as he was going to bed. He was in bed with Denise, his wife. This is after 9-11. Everybody, you know, if you remember that period after 9-11, yeah, just, those just, thoughts and those images are just racing through you're your You're just mind. unsettled. Um, this verse, the idea for Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning, came to him as he was going to sleep. He was falling asleep. He got out of bed. He got out of bed and found a pen and a piece of paper and wrote it down because he told me, he said, I knew this was going to be something special. And he would forget it. But he was afraid that he would forget the entire thing. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Were you in the yard with your wife and children working on some stage in L.A.? Imagine if Alan Jackson had not gotten out of bed and not written down those first three lines, we would never have gotten where were you in the world stopped turning. Well, and um, I think that, but I mean, again, how technology has changed. Imagine before, like, because now you can immediately speak it into your notes or your voice memo or whatever. Imagine in the old days, I bet that like songwriters did carry around just like stacks and stacks of papers and pads and stuff. uh, Like this. Yeah. It's a little notepad. I always have a notepad and a pen on me. I'm old school. I always have a notepad and a pen on me everywhere I go. And I I like this. So if you're going somewhere that you can't carry like a notepad in, and I'll carry a notepad in anywhere. I don't care. Uh, This is a, what's the size of this? It's tiny. It's like three by five inches. It's like an index It's like your wallet. I put it in my back pocket. And so when something, if I'm doing it, hosting an event or a charity, and somebody says, hey, don't forget to mention raffle tickets, the sale, you know, we're cutting off the raffle ticket sales in 10 minutes. Because I I can be very forgetful. I don't have much of a memory. Then I'll write it write it down and then we'll go up on stage and pull out my little notepad. Bam. Love that. Someone was asking me the other day, like what are, what are some things that like are that other people use as apps and stuff, but that you just cannot get behind, you know what I mean? That would change your life. And one for me, I have tried six different kinds of like electronic to-do lists and you know, you can literally, you put them in and once you do it and it, you can see it marked up. I can't. It's I'm nice, old school. They're nice and same font, yeah. same size. Yeah, and that's it looks and, all pretty. And that's what draws me in. Honestly, that's so true is the font and the colors and everything. But it is one of those things that I physically have to have it on something and mark it off. Yeah, same thing. Because then I feel like a sense you, of accomplishment. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Everybody like, wants to feel that. You used to joke with me like when I would tell you like, you know, could you do these like, you know, we were both, you know, working during the day or whatever, like and go in different directions, you'd be like, I'd say, because you do these three things, and you're like, just leave me a list. Mm. And it wasn't like, okay, here's your to-do list or your honey-do list, but you literally wanted to see it, so you could be like, I got it. Yeah. Watch it off. Yeah, we get, like you said, you get that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. What can you do about nightmares? Just not don't whole, go to sleep. Not a whole lot. Well, there's that. But there are several ways you can treat the bad dreams. And a lot of them are medication and do, you know, calls by medications. Talk to your doctor. Maybe you're taking too much of this, and these two shouldn't be mixing or whatever. Uh, stress is, is a big uh, indicator of, of nightmares and creates a lot of your most, um, you know, your, your, your scariest nightmares and your diet too. Mm. Your diet can affect your sleeping. What includes uh, the entire dream research study that dropped last week in this Saturday's issue of the letter issue 117, getting on up there. 117 text left on red, red is the color R E D left on red, no spaces to the number two, two, eight, two, eight. To subscribe for free, it is a uh, it's our weekly e-newsletter component of the podcast and also the radio show, The Afternoon Ride with Cadillac Jack, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 Eastern, on the Bear 92.5. You can listen anywhere that you are. Search for the Bear 92.5 in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Cadillac Jack. So I had a friend ask me the other day, she was like, you know, I hear you guys talking about gallery furniture all the time, and, you know, 
if there's supply chain issues in the world and like she went to somewhere the other day and they were saying like they don't have as many coffee tables or end tables and the ones that they have, this is what the guy told her, they're much more expensive and he can't wheel and deal on them because there's so few of them because of what? Supply, so, yeah, supply chain. chain. And she was like, so if, if there's just supply chain challenges, then how does gallery not have the same supply chain? chain challenges and I thought that's kind of actually a great question you know because the lumber shortage is a lumber shortage the reason Donna and Gallery do not have this is because she planned now she wasn't like you know she couldn't see into the future and she can't like tell your fortune oh, but she's a smart businesswoman. she is she knew what was getting ready to happen so she collected kind of like little nuts like a I know the number that oh. she spent yeah okay a lot of furniture yeah, and so she doesn't just have one you know warehouse she has satellite warehouses Four. kind of kind of all over that she can put the furniture in because she knew this was going to be because she's been doing it so long and watched her dad be in Basile and she knew this was going to be an issue so it's not that because I think sometimes people think we're just trying to get people up there and then they're going to tell them the you same know, Donna thing. knows somebody at Bassett or something yeah it's you know, not that line. it's that you know there are things and she's told me before when we talk about things on the podcast there are things that if you bring something in that is definitely going to be a special order it's probably going to mm-hmm. take some time well here's the thing she'll be honest with you about that though. absolutely These big box retailers are not going to be and they're you know not, what? They're going to take your money. Yeah, and she may not take all of your money while she's waiting on it to come in. And you know what? She'll be very honest on, like you said, on when it's supposed to be in. And I think she would probably also say to you, that's a gorgeous you know, piece of furniture, but I think I've got something that you can no, she literally not, take home. It's not you think she was. She was. I've seen her and heard her do it with, yeah. with customers. With, 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 yeah, before. They can probably the save you money and you can start take using it today. It today. Yeah. So I think that is the difference when we talk about, because there's a lot of questions all the time about what is the biggest difference between gallery and some of these other, and you know, if it's a big box retailer, then they'll say to me, Donna, they must have a lot of furniture available to them. They do, but they don't necessarily have it available. And you also have to remember that those big box retailers have so many people vying for the same furniture that even though they have it on their website, there may be only like 22 sets left in America Nationwide, yeah. yeah, that you can get. So the most important thing about going up to gallery is what you see is what you get. And so if there's something on the showroom floor, she's not going to leave something on the showroom floor that everybody's going to have to order and it's going to take months to get because she knows how frustrating that is, that you want your furniture now. You need it now. And it's not too early to start kind of thinking about what are you going to be doing for the holidays? You don't want to end up in, you know, Thanksgiving like, damn, I've been saying I need a new table for an entire year and here we are again, I'll eat on TV trays and my mother's harassing me why I don't have a proper table. So let's get on that. And I think that is put one it on, of the, Write it down on your list. Don't yeah, put it in your list. app. Write it down on your list. And I think that's one of the things that they excel the most at. Um, sectionals, obviously, but I mean, these dining room tables that they have in there now are so pretty, so modern, and they're built to accommodate a lot of people without taking up a ton of room. We have a dining room table that literally takes up our entire. I wouldn't have any other any other one though. Dining room. I love it. But yeah, but it takes up a lot of area. Well, the the dining or kitchen one. The dining. The one the baker. Yes. Yeah, that, I could do without that. Yeah. Okay, so it takes a lot of room, but the ones that they have now, you know, they come with different types of seating. You're going to get a Benches, bench seating. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, sometimes you just need like maybe a maybe you have a big table, but you almost need like a little cafe table bar stool combination going because you could use, you know, your your kids have friends over all the time and they're staying for breakfast and you just really need like two or three more seats. This is perfect for that, and that's where she excels are those kind of weird niche piece you know pieces that you're not going to find at a big retailer and if you do it's going to be so fancy that you're gonna have to spend a fortune and sometimes you don't sometimes fancy is great and she's got fancy but sometimes you just want basic furniture because you know these kids are going to tear the damn crap up anyway 1600 browns bridge road gainesville follow gallery on instagram at gallery furniture ga there's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Donna, Gallery Furniture. We appreciate your support of the podcast. Also, pod support from Fayetteville Ford, FayettevilleFordGA.com. They offer you lifetime powertrain warranty. Go find me another dealer that does that for you. You pay nothing for it. It's a gift to you, the customer, no charge at Fayetteville Ford. That applies uh, to brand new Fords on the lot and also the pre-owned lot. You find a, a Kia, a Toyota, a Chevy, a GMC on the pre-owned lot. You also get the gift of a lifetime powertrain warranty at Fable Ford, FableFordGA.com. Every episode of the Gotta Check My Second Night Podcast 
we each add a song to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. It'll be a song that is new. It'll be a song that we each discovered. A song that we think that you would enjoy. Episode 267, Don is adding this song from Jake Owen to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. I like Jake Owen. He's cutie. Um, it's from the album, same title, Best Thing Since Backwards. It was released in 2021, but... I just heard this song. I mean, I know it's been really? out for a while. Yeah, We've no, been playing it, it on there for It's months. been out for a while, but I feel like it's kind of gotten some traction. I think well, it's a good sub, summer song. Well, Radio's goosing it right yeah. now because it's been out for a while and Jake deserves a top 10, which he's got right now with yeah. it, finally. Uh, but no, that's the reason you're hearing it more right now. So interesting story about this song with me. This is another one that I had no idea when I heard it as part of a, you know, it rotated up through a Spotify playlist. No idea that Jake Owen sang this. Thought it was one of those new... Really? Art, yeah, I mean, to me, it just, and now, the more, obviously, the more I listen to it, it sounds like a Jake Owen song, but I don't know. You know, he's always kind of done those beachy kind of vibey yeah, yeah, songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. and this seemed more like a Kip Moore type, I don't know, you know, that I type of funny, song. I a funny story about Kip, I'll share in a minute, go ahead. That, that type of song, more like a trucks and girls song, but um, I mean, listen, ladies, everybody wants to get in the truck with Jake Owen. I mean, he's good looking. Here we go again. I mean, it's just really not about how good looking someone is when they sing, but it yeah. just doesn't hurt. I mean, I had to check to see if hell had frozen over or pigs were flying. He joined TikTok over the weekend. Well, what's wrong with that? Oh, he said he swore to God for three years now. He would never in a million years join TikTok. Really? Oh, my God. He's been so vocal about his hate for TikTok. What's he doing? Is he dancing? I don't know what he's doing. He's, got, he's teasing something that's coming out next week. So here's how that all went down. Somebody in MC Records calls him and says, Kip, here's the deal. You got to appeal to the younger demo. You must get a TikTok account. He's like, I'd be damned. He begrudgingly joined over the weekend. Does he have to have a blue check? Huh? He does have one. I don't know. That is he... that what it means? Is that means it's official? Yeah, John. He's verified. Okay. So he is. He has 4,130 followers. Which is not much at all. I'll go ahead and follow him. I'll give Kip a follow. Has he posted anything? A dance or anything? Is he doing the, uh... the, 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 the Lizzo? About time trend or anything? Well, it's got him at the Orange Peel performing. No, actually, I'm sorry. That was Clay Guffey's. Who? Um, that was Clay Guffey's TikTok about Kip Moore performing at the Orange Peel. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Look for the blue check. Blue check. I, I am. And so it looks like, yeah, it looks like he's just filmed some things of him How many has he got? How many followers? One, two. I told you. 1,690. I thought that was Clay McGillicuddy's. Well, actually, no. It's a, hang on. Right. Is it Kip Moore Music? Yeah. Okay. So he has 4,132 followers. Good Life is out now and no videos. Now, let me tell you something. If I see him out there, well, I don't, I don't know. I might like to see one of him trying to do like one of those dances like Walker Hayes does. Yeah, Kip Moore's not going to do that. With I, I don't hips. know what MCA Records thinks is going to come from this. Well, they're probably just trying to encourage people to use his music in their videos. They need some little girls dancing around or doing some sort of you know, this is the farmhouse I want to some song he writes. I don't know. Yeah. Beyonce dropped a new song. I'm going to, that's my ad. Oh, I'm ready. Break My Soul. Is she happy or sad? On dropped at midnight on Tuesday. Five minute jam from Queen B. And it is produced and co written by, guess who? The Dream. We need to send uh, our new safe back over. Hang out with his daughter. Being compared to single ladies. It is fine. Then we back outside. Rhythm. You said you Soul. outside, but you ain't that outside. Worldwide hoodie with the mask outside. In case you forgot how we act outside. Her seventh solo studio album, Renaissance. And I've been told part of it will be a country album. What? Yep. Bye. It does kind of, like, I'll tell you, like, this stuff that, that, that I'm seeing with this new song, it's like her with some sunflowers and stuff yep. and some booty shorts. Got like a country, a farm, farm, aesthetic. farmhouse aesthetic. Yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, I'm telling you. And she always played at the Houston Rodeo, by yep. the way, yep. when she was with um, Destiny's Child. Here's my thing. I, um, I wore Lemonade out, and here's the crazy thing about it. Like, usually, you know, you only wear out those, like, if you're listening to Evermore, then, you know, you're just one of those little girls that's just been, you know, something's happened to you. Sad. Mm. And then the little girl 
that just kept driving by the little boy's house over and over Olivia and over Rodrigo. again. Yeah, just yeah. you know, till her mama said, "Park daddy's car." We 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 can't afford this. Yeah. Gas is five dollars. Thank gallon. God that song did not come out right Seriously. now because we, be the we can't afford these girls no. just driving around no, no, with gas at five dollars an hour. But like I wasn't in a situation like a, a lemonade, obviously like a lemonade situation. But I mean, I was just like it Thank was. You with the good hair. Oh my God! It was like sitting back and just watching someone's. Like her take him to task, you know, and and he didn't he didn't have a whole lot to say. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot he could say. Now we went to see them, Hava and Bay. Yeah, we did. It was a great concert. That was a great concert. Yeah. He's been bobbing in and out of Atlanta uh, for yeah. the past three weeks. I don't know what he's doing here. He always flies in Hartsfield. He's got a huge jet, kind of like Drake. He's got a Boeing. Uh-huh. He's in Atlanta for like two hours, mm-hmm. and then he takes off and goes to either West Palm, D.C., or Farmingdale, New Jersey, which is about 90 miles south of New York City in the southeastern corner of New York State. Uh, she's leaning on Ryan Tedder a lot from One Republic. Love him. For some co-writes on this one, too. We're going to add both of those songs to the Spotify Hypes on Playlist Season Trace. There is a playlist for each season of this podcast, and you're enjoying Season 3 now in Episode 267. <music> Debbie Rowland is a pot peep for this episode. I uh, love the podcast. Haven't missed an episode. Look forward to Tuesday and Thursdays. We were in Noonan today for a birthday party, and I saw this street sign and told my husband to stop. I had to send it to Donna to see. Is giving permission to turn left on red. I've How about included, that? I've included a picture in the run of show. We'll include the photograph in the letter this Saturday. Uh, hit your inbox Saturday at 910. I know exactly where this intersection is. It's on Jefferson Street. Well, it's Jefferson at Perry Street. And the first time I saw it, I said to myself, self, I've got to snap a picture and send it to Don as well. I mean, do you understand this? They are telling you that, like, if you're in the right lane, you can't go right. You can't go on red. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a really tricky intersection. It's not even an intersection. It's a T. Um, and, and as the sign says, no turn on red. There's some stipulations, except from the left lane. In order, in other words, you can't turn left on red from the right lane for some uh-huh. reason. I don't know why. Okay, but, from the but left clearly lane it is not illegal to turn okay. left on red because, well, as we've said, but it's before, referring to that one intersection, right, not not but all. But as we have said before on this podcast, if the city of Noonan took the time to create this sign, or the state of Georgia, yeah, or the state of Georgia, I mean that that took some money to create this sign. Somebody hike, you know, get a cherry picker, yeah. put it up there, and fasten it to the power line. Then I mean they clearly want people getting out of the way, as I've said before. Gas it and go. And that's what I said to Debbie. I said, I hope you gassed it and go. Because the thing about it is, is this is now what the state wants. This has moved up a level. And it could be because of some of what we've talked about on the podcast. They could have, like, taken our lead. What the city and the state wants is for you to get the hell out of the way. Okay? So now what's happening is if you are sitting at a red light, okay, and there's nobody coming. All right? Are you following me? Uh, Yeah. yeah, And you're one of the people like you, sort of, who tries to kind of, not really, obey the law. Then at this point, you have become a problem. You are blocking the intersection. Donna, the so sign now, has no, rust on it, if no, you look. This no, is not a no, new street so sign. No. So now what the state is saying is you have become a problem. So if right. what, it's kind of like what they're going to start doing is say, keep moving. Like if you're in the left lane, keep moving. You know, the signs that tell you you got to keep moving. They're going to put that in the left lane. Keep moving. Because nobody's coming, you dummy. So why are you just sitting there? Because it's the law. Okay. It's the law. What do you secretly dislike about your spouse, partner, significant other. Remember that content we did? I mean, are we back there? No, 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 no. Okay. I didn't bring a list in. You didn't either. I mean, I um, always have one ready. Do you? I don't, actually. Oh, I, oh, don't. I don't either. I'm kidding. Do you remember Pod Peep? Of course you do. Pod Peep, Tara. Uh, Tara reached out as a Pod Peep. We appreciate that. She writes, uh, I've been meaning to send you this sandwich, sandwich meme ever since the segment, what you secretly dislike about your partner. I think it was about, what, what was her, what was her dislike? And then he got on the phone, if you recall, and had a list of his dislikes too. Yes. He was listening the entire time. We didn't know it. And then he pops in. Do you remember what her, uh, her biggest dislike was about socks? Wasn't it? I think so. I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't made Brian a sandwich like this yet, but let me find one more sock. Ha ha. I also sent a few other memes I've been collecting. Feel free to share them in the letter. Your lawyer listener from, Lawrence of Georgia, Pop Peep Terra. But explain what the meme was. Because it doesn't make sense to people. It was a sandwich. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we can't talk about it. Yeah, okay. Have you, have you seen it? Yes. Okay. When she's mad at you, but makes you a sandwich anyway. And it's like a ham, a ta- what do you call it, tavern ham? Uh-huh. Sandwich, two, two pieces of, of sunbeam white bread. There's some lettuce under there, a piece of provolone cheese. There's a layer of white mayonnaise. On top of the white mayonnaise is yellow mustard. And the yellow mustard spells two words. 
Uh-huh. Remember, when she's mad at you, but makes you a sandwich anyway, <clears throat> you. Anyhow. No, we can't include that one in the letter. Yeah, no. Tara sent one, two, three, four, five, six other memes that we will include. I love memes. Starting the Saturday text, left on red. Here we go. Left on red to the number 22828. Left on red to the number 22828 to subscribe to the letter. Thank you, Tara, for your continued support of the podcast. I had so many people reach out to me that saw the um, all of Zippy's pictures mm-hmm. that you put into the letter. And they said, collage. oh, my God, his little collage. They said they are absolutely spot on, especially his OnlyFans. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'll splay Where it he's out. just splaying it out and laying it out there, ladies. Uh, Pam Banizek. lives in Loganville, Georgia. OMG, Pam writes, I had heard that you had moved into the podcasting world, but that was foreign to me, so I'm just now getting on board, which is embarrassing because I'm pretty tech savvy, but I'm going back and listening from the very beginning, and I just wanted to say that I've missed you guys, so happy to have found you, Um, have missed your voice starting my day, stoked to hear you, we have daughters the same age, and I always enjoyed your child-rearing stories, absolutely loving having Donna as your co-host. I so relate to almost everything she says about raising these humans. So, Pam, I've, I've been gone from radio three years. In two weeks, be three years. And Pam is just now finding us. I love that. I, I, that's a great story. And listen, if you are one of these people who you, you're maybe like, maybe someone helped you find the podcast, but you like, you're still like, I still don't know what I'm doing. And I really am embarrassed to ask somebody to help me do this. Call us, reach out to me, reach out to Caddy. We've done this so many times where you've literally had someone on the phone and we're like, this is what you do. This is it's how you subscribe. Process, it's a pretty simple process. It's really simple. But a lot of people, if you've never done it, don't I be embarrassed. I had not listened to a podcast ever until our first episode hit in January 2020. I'd never listened to a podcast. I knew what they were, but I didn't know how you listen. I didn't know how you did it on your phone. Um, and then so, yeah, reach out. 770-464-6024. That is a, a text and phone line that is dedicated entirely to this podcast. All the messages and texts come to my phone, my phone immediately, and I get a notification even. It's just like sending me a text message. We love to connect with you in between episodes, so please reach out. A lot of different ways to do that. The voicemail, text line for the podcast, all messages come straight to my iPhone, 770-464-6024. Facebook, Cadillac Jack Atlanta. Instagram, is it ATL Cadillac Jack or Cadillac Jack ATL? I don't even know I should check. That's Cadillac Jack ATL. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Wait, hang on. Uh, Look that for me if you don't mind. Yeah. ATL Cadillac Jack. Thank you. And subscribe to the letter. Our thanks to Awesome Alpharetta for their sponsorship and partnership with this podcast. Play a while, stay a while. Find your awesome in Awesome Alpharetta. AwesomeAlpharetta.com. Also, T-Mobile. T-Mobile, home internet. Reliable internet, 50 bucks a month. Guests of the My Second Night Podcast State Properties owned and managed by Paramount Hospitality Management. Paramount pledges to you. Cleanliness, friendly staff. Comfortable bed, great location, and a great value. Paramount Properties can be found in Atlanta, Georgia Tech, Knoxville, Baton Rouge, LaGrange, Carrollton, and Noonan, Georgia, and Brightmore Healthcare. Thanks to other pod peeps. Audio for this episode comes from, where are my notes? Where are my credits, Donna? Um, Jake Owen is on RCA, I think. We're going to go with that, RCA Records, I believe. What am I talking about? Jake Owen had been on RCA Records in years. He's on uh, Big Loud. Uh, so uh, audio for this episode from Big Loud Records and Jake Owen. EMI Nashville Records and Alan Jackson, Columbia Records, Sony Music Entertainment, Sony BMG Music Entertainment. Uh, let's see here. Our thanks to executive. I have the best meme coming to you. Wonderful. We'll include it in the letter. The uh, meme in a prayer chapter, the most popular. I have a question about the memes real quick. Um, how do you want me to send the memes? Because I know the other day you posted like on social media that it, I can be a lot some days because you had received a lot of text messages from me. 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but like six of those were memes. So how should I do this to like you not text them to me, Donna? Just okay. text them. To okay. Me. Or send them to the the, the the podcast voicemail text line seven seven zero four six four six zero two four. Well, I live with you. I can't just send them to you. Or uh, sure. The letter is uh, left on red, no spaces. Red is the color. R E D to the number two two eight two eight. Um, I maybe hit that. I'm sorry. Um, uh, thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen at Appen Media. Uh, production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday, Thursday. Get them both Tuesday and Thursday. Tell a friend. Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the App and Podcast Network. Brooks and Dunn played Nashville Friday night. Bridgestone Arena, which is downtown near Broadway. Miranda Lambert was there as a fan. She bought a pair of tickets. She has always been a huge fan of Kicks and Ronnie, Brooks and Dunn. Ronnie Dunn finds out 
that she is in the audience. And he calls out for her. Somebody said Miranda Lambert was here tonight. So they wait for uh, Miranda Lambert to make her way to the stage. I got to be careful here because, uh, well, she lets uh, she lets four little word go. Let's see here. How am I going to do this? Let's do this. I'm drunk and enjoying the show. So uh, they, they they launch into Cowgirls Don't Cry. It sounds great, Dutch. All right, so Miranda Lambert, they get done, and she uh, she's just on cloud nine after just performing with Brooks and Dunn in Nashville. So she grabs another drink from the drummer and starts to make her way off stage. Well, I'm going to drink. Y'all entertain me now. I'm going to drink. Y'all entertain me now. We've been drinking all through the show. Ronnie Dunn says, we've been drinking all throughout the show. That's not fair with Miranda, but Miranda can walk out here and do anything unrehearsed, you know? There was no heads up. Miranda did not know Ronnie Dunn was going to call her up on stage to perform. All right, so she does a great job. She exits the stage. But suddenly, she returns after hearing the opening riff to Neon Moon. Which Miranda Lambert has always proclaimed as her favorite Brooks and Dunn song of all time. So suddenly, Miranda Lambert is back. Okay, this is where I messed it up. I swear to you, I just pulled her out the audience and she had no idea. I would have worn my fishnets and spanks if I'd have known. I'd have worn my fishnets and spanks had I known that they were going to call me up on stage. Miranda Lambert with Brooks and Dunn, Friday night in Nashville. Cadillac Jack 